Hello and welcome to Assured by Grace. My name is Danny Woodward and as always I'm joined by my co-host Pastor Phil Congdon and today we have an interesting discussion for for everybody. I think uh, Phil we've had some some uh, problems that have popped up locally with mm-hmm. uh, with one of the I loosely use the term churches in town that is supporting uh, a transgender movement and have decided that they're going to have a family uh transgender family show. friendly uh um drag drag show. show okay well obviously uh as a believer and as as a as a person that reads god's word as the authority of scripture you see a problem there um hmm. and so that's that's one thing but phil you were telling me earlier this week that that folks have begun to approach you as a pastor of our church mm-hmm. uh, and, and asking you to support some responses to this. Before we get into those responses, can you kind of take us through uh, the, the issue of open sin and, and, and where it's at, what's, what's happening in our culture? Obviously, unless you're living under a rock these days, you're seeing that this is becoming more prevalent, but mm-hmm. um, I think we're, we're starting to see it more and more in our in our local community as well. We're living in a, a day called a, a post-modern or post-post-modern day in which there's no longer any truth. There's no longer right or wrong. There's just what I think or what you think. And it's not surprising then that we live in a world where uh, where the idea of sin itself is is a almost passe. So you know that somebody would call anything a sin uh suggests that you're you know you came across on the ark with Noah but God's word is unchanging that is the the real bottom line if if somebody wants to say that that some of these things are not sins uh they can take that up with God um I'm going to take the stand that where the Bible speaks, uh, that's where I speak. And if the Bible doesn't speak to something, uh, I'm going to to be a lot less uh, clear on that myself. Uh, and there may be areas of debate, but the Bible is very clear on sexual issues. It has a lot to say about them. It has a lot to say about uh, homosexuality. It has a lot to say, in other words, about uh the so-called gay lifestyle and and then um other sexual perversions and so uh the the mere fact that i have just called those perversions would obviously indicate yes i understand that there is uh, evil and there is wickedness now sin is sin um mm. so you know you could say well you know, if you sin in even a little way, like you, you just do whatever, a little white lie or whatever they they might say uh, is a small sin, it's still a sin. And all sin is, is or any sin, is enough to separate us from God. So if we're talking here about, you know, our salvation or our justification, you know, getting to heaven when we die— all of us qualify for hell. All of us are sinners. All of us are separated from God. 
but all of us are also open to being saved. So you can, by faith in Jesus Christ, receive eternal life, the forgiveness of sins, and that settles that part of it. But in Scripture, there's a difference in sins. And so, for example, in the Old Testament, you had some sins that were considered a minor sin. Or, for example, somebody would sin um, unintentionally. Sure. Uh, and so that if, if you did that, if you sinned, but it wasn't, uh, you know, a terrible sin, okay, well, then you would bring your sacrifice. On other sins uh, that were bigger sins, you had to bring more of a sacrifice. God was demonstrating that there were differences in sin. And in public sins, uh, why, let's take, for example, like Korah and his rebellion, that was a very public sin against Moses. The ground opened up and it swallowed Korah and his followers up. And now that's just the difference. God wants us to know that all sin is sin, but public sin, and in in a culture in which we live, there is public sin, there's sin that in, impacts others' lives. We have historically understood that there was a greater penalty for that. So uh, if somebody stole food off their brother's plate at home, mm -hmm. you didn't probably put them in prison for it. But the parents would probably do something there. But if you went out and you stole $100,000 from the bank, then you you were doing something larger. So all I'm saying is that there's a difference here. And what we're talking about today is what is a Christian supposed to do? How does a Christian respond in a situation where the culture uh, in a public fist in the face of God kind of a way is saying, we don't care what what the Bible says. We're going to do this. And now we have to respond in some way. What are we going to do? That's the question. Yeah. And and so there's there's been a, uh, I guess, a, a response that has started to yeah. take place here in our local community where we've got Folks that are saying that the, the the proper response ought to be that we'll, as believers, you show up and you protest that this mm -hmm. is happening in front of this this church that's going to be having this show that we protest what's happening and and so can you run us through you know kind of what your thoughts are on that? Well, yeah, let's uh, let me just say first of all, you know, we we can be pretty gracious here. There are going to be different responses. Mm -hmm. and, and so we can talk about different responses. Uh, uh, I am in total agreement with somebody who would say taking children to a drag show where there are uh, sexually uh, active homosexual men dressing up in, in tempting ways to lure children, that's not a good situation for children yeah that's kind of an underscore there yeah I, yeah I, I i realize that in our culture today though we have libraries that are posting this sure. schools that are having drags uh drag queens come in mm -hmm. to have a children's reading hour and as we have 
uh, not far from where we are, even a church that will host this. So while I would suggest that it's self-evident uh, that this is not something we want to do, in fact, uh, in a similar way, uh, let's say that a man or, or a woman wanted to take their young child to a, a strip club. Well, not surprisingly, CPS would probably step in and take the child away from them for taking them to that place. But this is what happens when you don't have any right or wrong anymore. You're postmodern, and now everything seems to be up for grabs that uh, in our charged society, this is what's happening. Now, some of the, the, the response of some Christians mm -hmm. has been that they want to have a, you know, like picketing or standing out in front and, and praying and, uh, and letting them know that they're against this or having a march through town or something. Uh, personally, this is my personal view that I, I really don't think that that's the way that I would respond to this. Uh, and I'll, I'll come back to tell you why. But first of all, I want to tell you that even in this area, I, I think that there are some times when we may want to publicly respond. I have, uh, on various occasions over years, uh, stood outside abortion clinics and prayed with other Christians. That's all we did. We couldn't do any more. Mm -hmm. And we prayed for God to uh, awaken in uh, the hearts of mothers who were coming there to take the lives of their baby, that they would have a change of heart. And we did that. And I know that there are some. Uh, I think recently I heard of a, a woman in England who was arrested just for praying outside of an abortion clinic. Yeah, she was. And, um, and so if, if we're going to do something like that, I, I realize that there is a time to do it. The reason why I think that we have to um, be careful about it is that sometimes we actually do Satan's work for him. Mm. Because Satan wants, in, in a case like this, he wants to trample on the name of Jesus Christ. What better way than to have a sexually charged show that is a, a perversion and it's presented to children in a church that bears the name Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And in so doing, okay, is that evil? That's the height of evil. That's wickedness. What am I going to do in the eyes of the world by standing outside and in some way objecting to this? Even the world apart from Christ knows this is nuts. They know it's nuts. So by me coming there, I would actually just be giving more, I think, more of an exposure to them. Well, and, and I would add, too, that, uh, you know, you, when you get out in front of something with a group of people that are that are just you're you're tangentially attached <laughs> so you kind of have the same 
thought you, you don't agree with what they're doing, but you're probably not standing with a bunch of like-minded believers. Then the problem becomes that the media that's out there and anybody that's watching is going to judge you by the lowest denominator in that crowd. Mm. And you're going to be part of that group. Um, you know, say someone starts to, to, to use some derogative language at people that are walking in, well, then you're going to be judged as part of that, yeah. part of that group. Um, and when you're in a group like that, I would just warn anybody that if you feel compelled to, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it, but if you feel compelled to, you need to be ready to leave. If it starts to go in a direction, yeah, that would be really, really true. As a Christian, you remember you're, you're at a higher standard. You're representing Jesus Christ. And I want to go into that a little bit more. What does that mean? Because I think scripture actually uh, gives us some clear guidelines. Um, but you are, you're right. You can be tarred and feathered by being with others. And you want to be very careful about that. You want to represent Jesus Christ. Um, so sin is sin. We know it's sin. Uh, there are a lot of places where there is sin, uh, and it's going on, and there are organizations and establishments that are sinful. Um, there are abortion clinics. There are gay bars. There are uh, strip clubs or whatever you want to call it. There, there are all different kinds of things. So we have to ask ourselves, okay, what is it? that we are going to be known for. Mm. I believe that as Christians, while we stand for the truth and we never compromise on sin, that we can still uh, shine the light of God's love to anybody. Uh, and I'm going to suggest, first of all, that if, if somebody's listening to this and you're saying, man, I've been wondering what I should do. I see the sin <laughs> yeah. all around me. And maybe you're living in a city and, and you just feel like uh, the open sin and uh, the things that are being taught to the kids in the school. And you feel like it's a flood, like there's a, it's just coming at you like a tidal wave. What can I do? Well, the first thing I'm going to suggest is that you turn your Bible to Ephesians 6 and start at verse 10 and read about spiritual warfare that you personally are going to deal with. What do you do? Um, so we, we often think of this collectively, like, what does the church do? Mm -hmm. What is the whole church going to do? Well, start with what am I going to do? And it says there, put on the full armor of God in order that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. So that Satan is going to be coming at us. We know it. Don't be surprised. Satan isn't going to be somehow doing God's work for him. We know that he's always seeking, as Jesus said in John 10, to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. So when we see that happening in the world, we're not surprised. But first thing we need to do is put on the armor of God. And, and in Ephesians 6, we have, uh, let me just read this here. 
after he says that our struggle is not against uh, this world and what's going on here, but it's really against Satan, the principalities and powers, the rulers of the heavenly places. So he says, this full armor of God, here's what you're going to put on. I'm starting reading at verse 13. Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. What are you going to put on? Uh, It says, gird your loins or uh, put on truth. Okay, so how are you going to do it? You're going to fill your mind with truth. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I'm going to take God's word and I'm going to read it. I'm going to uh, put it into my mind. The old idea of garbage in, garbage out is really true. If you put truth in, it will guard you. So that's the first thing. This is kind of the language here, maybe sound dated to you, but it says, first of all, you gird your loins with truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay, now righteousness is being right with God. So now I'm going to, I'm going to live my life in obedience to that truth that I've read. So that's the second thing. I'm I'm not here going to fight against God. I'm going to submit to it. Keeping going. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This, This means I know the gospel, so I'm ready to share that at any time. So wherever I'm going, my the gospel goes with me. Um it goes on. Um, let's see, uh, the shield of faith, which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and the helmet of salvation. If you aren't certain of your salvation, then you're not certain of your helmet, and that's protecting your head. Mm-hmm. That's keeping you from uh, the lies and the deceit that's going all around. Boy, that this is comes back to this our podcast is called assured by grace and by grace alone through faith alone in christ alone that's where you have your assurance of salvation that's your helmet it keeps you protected from so much that satan tries to do so anyway you can read this passage but that's where i want to start make sure that you're not uh easy prey. Because one thing, if you find yourself out in the battle and you go out to the front lines and you don't have your helmet, you don't have your breastplate, you don't have your sword of the spirit, the word of God, you don't have those things. You're easy pickings. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the first thing, but there, there are other scriptures too. Yeah, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, in uh, verses 13 and 14, we have we have Paul talking to the church at Corinth, and he's addressing the church as a whole. And this is kind of his his final exhortation, so the final encouragement that he's giving to the Corinthian church. And he says he says something interesting while he's he's encouraging them to to stand, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave. I think he actually says, "Be be be men. Act like men. Act like what, men." What yeah. my translation says. This is a New King James version. Be, be brave. Be courageous. Act like men. 
and be strong. Yeah. Let all that you do be done with love. And Phil, I was reading that and I was like, yeah. you know, that captures um, how in, in whatever particular instance we're confronted with open sin that I feel like that captures what our response ought to look like. And so it's a, it's a good litmus test to, to stand up and hold against whatever you, you think you ought to do in response to something and, and to, to make sure that you're, you're doing it in uh, the way that God would want you to. Um, but it doesn't take the place of prayer. No, it doesn't. He ends in prayer uh, with prayer in Ephesians six. Yeah, but you know that what you just read. Um, you know there obviously is a time when we as Christians are going to have to stand up and be counted. Mm -hmm. And um, I am not here to tell you when you should or when you shouldn't. I will say this: we should never uh, compromise or capitulate in any way with the world. Because sin, again, is sin. Do not start to excuse it because everybody does it. Mm -hmm. That's the way sin is. It spreads like a cancer. It's a disease. And what was uh, considered unthinkable 10 years ago is now being embraced. So this is, this is going on. Um, I, I want to suggest that we need to we need to balance this i want you if you're listening to this i want you to apply graciousness to your response because there's always a tendency danny we just want to get everybody to agree with us yeah so if if i'm going to respond to one situation in a certain way well i think you ought to respond that way too but that's not the way this works. We can agree that something is evil and something is wrong, but there are different ways to respond to it. So, for example, let me just go over Ephesians 5. Let me just read this. Now, this is from Ephesians 5. I'll start at verse 6. Um, he's been talking about all kinds of wickedness and evil and so forth, and he says, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So he says, you know, these are the kinds of things that cause the wrath of God mm -hmm. to come. Okay, goes on. Don't be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light for everything that becomes visible is light. Now, let's let's apply this. First of all, I am not going to partake in the deeds of darkness, but I'm even going to expose them. What does that mean? Well, it can mean different things. It might mean that somebody 
is going to stand outside an abortion clinic and pray. Maybe somebody else is going to uh, take it upon themselves in some way to confront another kind of evil. But that is not something that we do and say everybody has to do the same thing. Mm. Um, and in fact, we actually hurt ourselves when we try to make everybody fit in one uh, response. But Phil, there's a there's a commonality in the response that I think we can walk away with. And tell me if I'm wrong. When we respond to open sin, our response ought to be in faith and in in faith to God. Well, so obviously it needs to be uh, it needs to be righteous. You need to use God's word, and you don't want to you don't want to respond in a in a way that's that goes against the word of God. But when you when you step out in faith, you're you're um, you're not you're not doing it to uh, make yourself feel better about yeah. what okay, you're, I, now I see where you're coming you're from. You're just responding yeah. in faith. You're you're well, yeah, and the word you read when you read first Corinthians sixteen was, you know, let everything be done in love. Yeah. You know, and it's really interesting. This is a common instruction of Paul. And um it, and Jesus too. Mm-hmm. And it and it befuddled Jesus' followers. And then sometimes it just seems like, you know, how on earth the only way I know how to respond to evil is by sort of bashing somebody yeah. or or standing on a street corner and condemning them to hell mm-hmm. or something. And by the way, that's, that's just sick theology. The idea that we are going to crawl up on the throne of God and condemn somebody to hell because they do something that is evil. Have I ever done anything evil? Yes. Uh, I don't know you real well, Danny, but I think you've probably done something evil too. I think we all have. And uh, if you're not so pious that you are unwilling to admit it, you know that you've done evil. So instead of pointing your finger at other people and the evil they do and condemn them to hell, stop doing that. Understand that we are all sinners. None of us is worthy of salvation. We have all fallen short of God's glory, and we've all earned the wages of sin. But Jesus' death is greater. His grace is greater than all of our sin. So let's stop doing that, uh, you know, where we, we're condemning somebody. Instead, and you know, let me take you to Romans. Uh, let me just read you this from Romans chapter 12. Uh, this will, this is a, an interesting thing. What, is, what do you hear here in a response to evil. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil. To anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, 
for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How can we apply that in a situation like this? That's a good question. Well, I'm going to suggest a couple of things. First of all, if anybody listening to this podcast is in a church, and that church uh, has, has abandoned the Bible and Scripture, uh, and you really feel like you know they've cut loose from that, and, and they've gotten so far away that they are now endorsing open wickedness, something like a quote-unquote family-friendly uh, drag show that kind of a thing, then I, you can, there are different ways you can respond, but you cannot simply do nothing. You must, because we have to expose evil, you can lovingly bring up to others in the church that this is evil and show them from Scripture where uh, that kind of sexual perversion is evil and is judged by God. Now, if they hear that, but they're not going to respond, they're going to go ahead with it, then you have to separate from a group like that. But you can confront in that group. That's far different from uh, some people who aren't even connected to that group coming and trying to shame them publicly and bash them. I, I think that that's different. Um, but that's first thing. The second thing is, uh, is your goal to expose them and to make yourself feel more self-righteous? Or is your goal to actually win them so that they are spared God's wrath? If it's the second then I think what this passage is saying is that you will win them with kindness and that by doing good, you will actually gain their um, positive response and they will be willing to consider the error of their way. Let me just share an anecdote real quickly. In, in his book, uh, I think it was... Um, the Grace and Truth Paradox. Um, Randy Alcorn tells a story um, of a church that he was on the staff of, and they had a ministry uh, of rescuing um, babies that were, there were young girls that were planning to abort, and uh, they were rescuing them and providing them with a safe home and care. And, uh, and this rankled the abortion community in the very liberal state, uh, liberal progressive uh, state that he lived in. And they received word that the uh, these uh, the abortion activists were going to be uh, picketing their uh, church 
I think it was on a day that they were hosting a pro-life uh, rally or something. And they got wind of this. So you know what they did is they set up tables, they brewed coffee, bought donuts, they went out, and uh, they, it was a, a cold morning, and they provided coffee and donuts. And uh, while these people were yelling hateful uh, epithets mm. at them and vindictive uh, curses on them, they stood and they smiled and they offered them coffee and and he shared a story of uh i think it was one young girl who who um uh, was later uh, so moved by this that she recognized their love and whereas if they had cursed them back the same way they were being cursed like you're going to hell and that kind of a thing it would have actually hardened them in what they were doing and made them even feel better about what they were doing. So am I saying that's the way to always respond? No, but I am saying there are different ways to respond. And Bill, let me, let me make an observation there. I mean, that, that what they did there, that took courage. Mm -hmm. um, but it also took a, a, a sense of genuine caring like they genuinely cared about yeah. those people and i think sometimes you know we have good intentions and we might go out on the battlefield of life uh ready to care about somebody but if we're not prepared when push comes to shove we're going to respond in the flesh yeah and and i think that's why the bible over and over just gives us this these simple um truths about you know, reading your Bible, praying, yeah, yeah. preparing yourself for that, getting that scripture in your mind and in your heart so that when you are confronted, when we are confronted, we're ready. We're, we're prepared yeah. to give genuine kindness. And, and I think that's mm. right now, this world, especially this, this younger generation, Bill, they, I've heard so many people say that, that genuine a, a, an expression of a sense of genuineness is it's so lacking in the world that that people respond to that yeah. and christianity is a very genuine religion it's a it's it's a it's a way of life of walking the mm -hmm. christian walk that um it can't be faked not not done well so there is a uh there is an interesting passage uh if, if we can just before we end today, First Corinthians 5, many of you will be familiar with this passage. This is a passage where there was open sin, and it was in the church. And Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, is very clear. This was a sexual sin. It was immorality. It was public. And he judged it. And that person was put out of the church. That's what they were. They were put out of the church fellowship, that protective surrounding of that church. Now, he then immediately moves on and says, now I wrote you in my letter that you were not to associate with people who practice evil things. And he says, I did not at all mean the people in the world who are practicing evil things. Mm -hmm. If that were the case, you'd have to go out of the world. Who do we want to reach with the gospel? Well, it's the people 
in the world. We want them to hear about Jesus. We want them to know about God's love. So he says, no, what I was saying is that you separate from those people who are Christians but have fallen into open sin. Those are the ones that you need to separate from. That will expose them to the effect of their sin and will bring them back to the Lord. But those in the world? No. And so when, when we think about this, and this is my take on this, but there, there will be churches or schools or libraries or whatever that will practice this kind of open wickedness. I don't view any of them, even if they call themselves a church. I don't view any of them who are doing this as being an actual church of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. They use the words, but they are no more a church of Jesus Christ. They've abandoned the Bible. They've abandoned Jesus. They're just calling themselves a name because that's what they were traditionally. So instead, my idea is I want to reach them. And I hope every person hearing this will hear this. We want to reach them. How? Well, there are different ways. So remember, this is the podcast. What do we call it? It's assured by grace. So the first thing is stand strong with your helmet of salvation and be assured that you are God's child. But then respond in grace. Now, here, that's going to mean, for example, um, if I want to respond to some open sin or some issue one way, I'm not going to judge you if you tell me I'm going to respond a different way to that. I, I just feel like this is the way I should respond. Be big enough to be gracious about that. Be a man. Don't require that everybody has to do it your way. And then um, uh, never minimize sin. Whatever you do, whether if you're going to stay at home and pray for somebody, or if you're going to go somewhere and and seek to confront somebody in love, whatever, whatever you're going to do, don't ever minimize sin. That separates men from God, and that's what Jesus died for. So, you know, th this is a tough issue. It is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there there are a lot of ways that you can respond. I'd love to hear any of your responses. If, if you want to uh, send a, you know, a note in and say, here's what I've tried to do. Um, here's the way I think we should show love. Um, you know, we, we're always learning and there are new situations all the time, but in this world in which we live, first of all, I, I'm never surprised when I see some more unbelievable kind of sin yeah. happening. But uh, I'm also at the same time, I know that God's grace is greater than any sin. So I've got the solution to whatever it is that people are struggling with. And and we just need to be ready to, to win them. We want to be winsome. And if we're winsome, we will win some. 
You know, Phil, the, there's one other thing I wanted to bring up, and that's the fact that theology matters. Yeah. And uh, and there's there's a it's worth noting that there are some, perhaps some who are listening, yeah. who may have a theology that uh, it, it makes this this type of response challenging. And by that I mean they may have this 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 perspective that before the end, before Jesus can come that they've got to win the world for Christ. And there's a, there's a certain sector of Christianity that has that theology that thinks that, well, we've got to transition the world. It's got to become righteous. And, and that's, what's going to usher in the, uh, the return of Christ. And, and I'd like to say that that's, that's not accurate. That's no, that far goes, from accurate. goes opposite of the, the way that the scripture yeah, says we're going to end up. And in theology like that, there's always a skin of a truth stuffed with a lie. And the skin of the truth is, does God want people to live holy lives? Does he want them to repent? Yes. Yeah, uh, in fact, uh, you take something like Nineveh in the Old Testament. That city repented of its evil. Were they all saved? No, no. But they were spared judgment. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so in a sense, yeah, we'd say, you know, God is an active God engaged in this world. And if, uh, if we respond and repent of sin and, and have a revival or whatever, yes, uh, that, that can, uh, deter his wrath and his judgment. Um, but then what they do is they say, but yeah, what's going to happen is that we've, what we're going to do is eventually we're going to convert the whole world yeah. or we're going to get them all to live by the law. This is called dominion theology or, or a, a post millennial theology, the idea that we're going to do this. And guys, listen, the end, it's not that way. Read second Timothy three. In the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, not lovers of God. There's a whole list of things. You read 2 Timothy 3, and you know what you say? Hey, that sounds like today. <laughs> and you know why? We're in the last days. So that would be one. You're, you're right, because there would be some people who would say, well, our job is to confront sin wherever it is, and shout it down yeah. and, and destroy it so that Jesus can come back. That's bad theology, and that, that results in a bad action. There's one other theology I'll mention, and that is the idea, uh, and I hear this very popularly. You'll hear it on podcasts. You'll hear it on, uh, on YouTube preachers uh, online, and that is this idea that uh, what you do, like open sin or say homosexuality or or drunkenness or drugs or whatever and there are different lists for everybody mm -hmm. but they will say that will determine whether you go to heaven or to hell and that that simply is not the gospel the gospel is never behave yourself and you might go to heaven it's always believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And believing is simply being persuaded that Jesus died for your sin. And he's the son of God. He came from heaven. He died for your sin. I believe it. I know I can't save myself. I'm going to believe in Jesus. 
So I know that there are some people who think they're actually doing uh, evangelism by Mm -hmm. going and telling people to stop sinning. But you can get people to stop sinning. But that doesn't mean that they're saved. The only way they're saved is by having Jesus Christ as their Savior. You're, that's an interesting point because uh, theology makes a big difference in a lot of things. We yeah. talk about it often on this podcast. So maybe maybe you'll want to respond to that. Uh, we're not here to to just argue about theology, but we are here to affirm assurance by grace. So that there's if there's anybody listening right now and you would say, you know, I'm not sure that if I died today, I would be in heaven tomorrow. You can be sure. If you need any advice on this, you can write to us. You can get in touch with us. We'd love to share more, but it's very simple. Believe in Jesus. He's God's son. He came. He loves you. Came from heaven. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the dead. He's victorious. Believe in Jesus. You'll be saved. Well, thank you, Phil.